you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, our family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. Remember, the Chris Voss Show is the greatest uh, show and family in the world. The Chris Voss Show is a family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harshly as your mother-in-law. And we know how she is about you because she's seen you lately, and you need to work on yourself. Anyway, guys, uh, as always, we have an amazing guest on the show, and she's got an amazing book coming out. And we're going to be hearing about what uh, dating life is like and how to find yourself in the world that's uh, kind of out there. Uh, and uh, kind of what the new thing is about uh, having sex, falling in love, managing relationships, how to deal with heartbreak, finding closure, prioritizing your friends and honor your life. Uh, how does that sound? I don't know. I, we're probably not going to get into the sex part too much. This is a, <laughs> this is a you know, we got to do this on YouTube, people. So I picked the wrong place to jam in there on the, uh, on the book description. But she's going to be joining us. She's a big TikTok star, and she has millions and millions of followers, millions and millions of views. Uh, I think over 100 million views on her TikTok, I think. Uh, and uh, she'll fill us in, I'm sure. Uh, and so we're going to be talking to her about her amazing insights, her life, and uh, what she's put down in her new sort of memoir and guide, I guess, for young women and people alike, I suppose, of, of all ages. Uh, so we're talking to her. In the meantime, uh, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. We always have to get the plug in there of the guilty and shaming. Uh, go to goodreads.com, says Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, says Chris Voss, YouTube.com, says Chris Voss. And we're even on tiktok too chris voss one we're not as cool as she is but uh we're old so uh she's cool and we're not uh so she is the author of the newest book i didn't know i needed this the rules for flirting feeling and finding yourself a book that i need uh eli rallo joins us today her book is coming out december 12th 2023 you can pre-order it now uh you want to get this book uh you know buy a, several copies and uh, make it Put on your gift list to give to people because maybe they didn't know they needed it either. Uh, and they can read her amazing book. Eli is a social media star with massive followings on TikTok and Instagram. She hosts the Miss Congenial podcast. She is a graduate of Columbia University's Graduate School of Journalism and University of Michigan School of Music, Theater, and Dance. She's originally from the Doji Shoa. Is that the right accent? I don't think it is. Uh, Eli spent her early 20s in New York City figuring it all out, and now she's here to tell us what it's all about. Welcome to the show, Eli. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. We're excited to have you as well. Give us uh, dot .coms, wherever you want people to find you on the interwebs, please. Yeah, my website is just theelirallo.com, and that's where you can like find my book and all the things. And then on TikTok, I'm just Eli Rallo, and on Instagram, I'm Eli.Rallo, because Eli Rallo was taken. <laughs> <laughs> you should sue. Have the lawyers get up I know. There you go. Uh, or, you know, hire hitmen. No, don't do that. That's a joke, people. Wait, hang on. I got the FBI uh, sending me messages. Uh, so uh, give us a 30,000 overview of your book, please. Yeah, so my book, I Didn't Know I Needed This, comes out in December, and it takes you basically through the life cycle of a relationship from being single to being single again. Oh. And 
it is a dating book uh, at its core. You know, most of the chapters are about dating, but I think that what it's truly about is kind of finding little ways to elevate your lived experience. And especially like as a young woman who's recently post-grad or in college or in their 20s, it's really for everyone, but I think that's my target demographic. It's about showing those people here is a little way to make your life more fun, interesting, better. Whether you're in a relationship, out of a relationship, you wanna be in a relationship, you're in a long-term relationship. I think it kind of has something for everybody and it really hits on all the different parts of kind of flirting, feeling and finding yourself from friendship to navigating heartbreak to you know situationships and hookup culture and all that good stuff. So I think it has a lot of good tips and tricks, some of my personal stories and advice, and it's fun and funny, but I think it also has like a lot of really heartfelt parts as well. Mm -hmm. There you go. A great guide, you know, for everyone. I, the, the one thing you find when you go through life is you always seem to be finding yourself and feeling mm -hmm. stuff and, and, uh, and sometimes you're going in and out of relationships, you know, I, I have friends that are my age, they've been through three divorces. So mm -hmm. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a guide for everybody. Uh, so give us a little bit of your hero's journey. Uh, what, what were your origin stories and, and how did you build this great following and get to where you are? So I'm originally from the Jersey Shore, as as you said, and the accent was good. Was it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. And I always wanted to do theater. I loved just creating things when I was a child. I was always like writing in journals and giving it to my parents or poems or plays or whatever it was. So I decided I was going to go to school originally for acting. And then I kind of woke up when I was 18 and I was like, I think I actually should be a writer. That's, you know, what comes the most naturally to me. And I think I had trouble at first realizing that because something feels natural doesn't mean it's not challenging. I just had yet to find the people that were going to challenge me yet. So I decided I was going to go full force on the writing front, but I wasn't ready to abandon the arts and theater specifically. Really, I felt like theater raised me and it was such a big part of who I was. So I decided to go to Michigan because they had a program within their music theater and dance school where I could study playwriting and producing and maybe I would become an entertainment agent or I would figure it out. I knew at the end of the day, I wanted to be an author, but that seemed so arbitrary and sort of ambiguous and huge that I was like, I feel like I should learn a bunch of other skills as well. So Michigan was amazing. And towards the end of my time there, which was in 2020, actually, I was one of those um, that didn't have the graduation and everything. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I was like, kind of had this moment where I thought to myself, you know, I don't really want to be an entertainment producer. I don't think that's my skill set. Like, frankly, there were people that were so much better than I was at doing that at school. And at the end of the day, what I really was was a writer. So I thought to myself, I should go to grad school. I should become a journalist. Like that's sensible, right? Like that's like a path. I'd always, you know, pressured myself to follow a path because I felt like it gave me security and it made me feel like more of an adult. And so I was like, I'm going to go to grad school. And I got into Columbia and it was such an honor. I was so excited. And then I got sent home for the pandemic from my senior year of college. And while I was at home, I was just messing around with my brothers on TikTok, accidentally posted a video and it went super viral. Wow. And at first it was just these silly jar videos. I still do them sometimes. It's like filling up this jar of cow mix with all these snacks. It's very fun. But then it took a turn. People started asking me questions about myself and I started sharing more. And then right before I moved to New York to go to grad school, I made a video being like, the jar content isn't really gonna happen at the volume that it's been happening because I'm not at home. My parents are no longer financing financing that situation. I'm gonna be living you know, with roommates and it just doesn't make as much sense. But if you wanna stick around, I would love to 
share content about living in New York and going to grad school and being a writer. And I was so surprised. I was ready to lose like my whole following. I had like 90,000 followers mm -hmm. and I gained people. And I was wow. like, whoa, that was like one of the luckiest feelings. I was like, people are excited about this. Mm -hmm. And then while I was at grad school, I obviously learned so much and I'm very indebted to the fact that I was able to have that education, but it just didn't feel right. I still felt like the person that wanted so desperately to write about dating and sex and specifically the female experience and just all these feelings inside of me, all the things that make me feel so passionate. And I was still like, I'm going to do journalism and make money that way and figure it out. And my TikTok was growing and growing and growing the whole time. And eventually uh, my now literary agents reached out to me when I was, you know, post-grad and I had just left a journalism job that I was working for some unforeseen circumstances. And they were like, are you ready for a book? Because we know you want to write books and we've read your essays on Substack. I was doing a blog. Oh, really? and we've seen your videos and like, we think there's a book and we're excited to meet you. And it was really one of the most crazy moments. Like I remember reading that email and being like, whoa, like, <laughs> Well, I always knew because I'm a very confident person. I always knew I was going to get to that moment of the literary agent and the book. I just didn't know how, like, how does anyone you hear? And I would get kind of exhausted hearing authors tell the same story that I just told. Like, there's not one path. And like, you just have to keep trucking along and believing in yourself and keep putting out the work and putting out the work. Even if you think nobody's going to see it, eventually somebody will. Mm -hmm. I think it was frustrating to hear that from so many other people who had figured it out. But then when it happened to me, I was like, wow, they were right. You just have to keep like, for lack of a better phrase, throwing shit at the wall and waiting for something. to <laughs> And um, it stuck and it was like amazing. And then everything happened really fast after that. And mm -hmm. so now we're here and I'm still doing TikTok. Love TikTok. I think, it's very theatrical for me. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like I haven't departed from my theater roots fully. <laughs> yeah, it fits right into to what you want to do there. You know, I, I, I do want to put a plug in for the uh, jar or endorsement of the jar. <laughs> I saw some of the videos and I did have to take an insulin shot uh, at the end yeah. of each one. But uh, <laughs> they do look good. But they're good for the soul. Yeah, there you go. It's, it's always good to have some uh, soul food. Uh, so uh, tell us about uh, the dating world. And I guess uh, it, it comes from your advantage point of being a young woman. Uh, I know a lot of things have changed from when, uh, well, I've been, always been in the dating pool. But, I mean, there's these terms now like hookup culture, uh, uh, rosters, and things like you talk about in your book. And, uh, and, and so dating has kind of changed. It's like, you know, in my world, you, you would call somebody up and go, Hey, do you want to go on a date? And you take them to dinner and a movie. And, and then, you know, you progress through a series of dates and now things seems to change, you know, Netflix and chill and stuff. So tell us what that's like, uh, uh, in the world now. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right that it's changed so much, especially with social media and dating apps and even the pandemic. But I think at the core, something that's never changed is that realistically, human beings crave connection and people are really just looking to find someone to hang out with and love and, and be with and spend time with for a period of time, whether that's forever, or two weeks or two months or two years or whatever it is, or two nights. And I, I think we like sometimes forget that, you know, the core of it is really the same. And 
when I started becoming so sort of infatuated with like talking about dating, it was really because I felt like people are so afraid to talk about dating and relationships unless they have like a degree or they're a doctor and I'm none of that. But I think that what is different about my perspective is that I know I don't know everything and I know I haven't figured it all out. And I know I'm not this like God voice telling you the best advice. I just am so ready to have these conversations about exactly all the things you're talking about hookup culture it's weird it's a newer thing it's difficult to navigate i wish that there were more people just like openly discussing their feelings on it or how they felt when i was in college because realistically i was just going through it blind like you're saying like it's just this new uncharted territory what even is a situationship how do you know if you're actually dating someone like how do you genuinely communicate it to someone that you want to date and especially after the pandemic now it's like even worse because we have these like heightened social anxiety and there was a long period of time where we weren't dating or going anywhere. And a lot of us got into relationships because it was easy to cohabitate with a person or it was comfortable. And then we got out of the pandemic and we're like, I, this no longer serves me. I think it was like a really a rude awakening, but I think the crazy thing to me about dating, especially in New York, is that people hate dating in New York. They're very cool <laughs> about it. And I get it, right? Like I'm from the East Coast. People can be really blunt. And I think that bluntness is oftentimes mistaken for being rude. But realistically, like it is a little cynical, but I think you have to just look at it with fresh eyes and realize that like, yes, dating apps might be the reality, but there are still people meeting out in the real world. And if you want mm-hmm. that, I have to work a little harder, but that's an opportunity that's available for you. And if you kind of act so cynical about these dating apps, like that's what you're going to get out of it. So I think putting your best mm-hmm. foot forward is really helpful because we are in such like a social media phone era of mm-hmm. dating. And it's helpful to just like be optimistic about it because there is so much cynicism. I love your attitude about it. I've, I've dated all my life and I have people that like, I hate dating. I, 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 in fact, I hated dating so much. I just went and got married and I'm like, wait, you went and got married to the first person you met because you hated dating. Like if I heard that and I was a husband, I'd just be like, are you serious? Like you just chose me because you're like sick of dating. Like, and, and, and when you really understand it, people, you know, people try each other on, they're trying to find a fit. They're, they're different stages sometimes in their lives, especially in their, in their twenties. And, and they're going through a lot of growth and, and development and finding themselves like you talk about in your book. And so there's, you know, people try each other on there's, there's, that's what, and, and you can't be, you know, people are usually at their best. They're doing their best as they, whatever they're developed. And you have to just go, Hey, we tried, we did our best and we don't fit. And uh, we tried each other on, you know, it's kind of like coats a little bit. I don't know. That's how I look at it. I don't know. Am I I crazy or wrong? No, 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 you're not. I have a metaphor about coats actually in the book. But to your point, I think when people say they hate dating, Mm -hmm. they might just be dealing with a level of a lack of self-confidence or not realizing how special and wonderful they are. Because when I ever said I hated dating, it was because I had some sort of loathing for myself that I needed to work on because you shouldn't hate yourself. You should love yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's such like a hard journey into self-love. But when I started to like dating more, it was because I liked myself. So I was excited to go on dates with people and be like, I'm awesome. And maybe I'm not saying I'm awesome, but I'm saying I'm a catch. I'm really funny. And I know what I want out of this life. And you don't have to know what you want out of this life, but 
I could just go in with this confidence of knowing that I liked who I was. And so I was kind of pitching myself as someone who liked who she was. And I write a lot about that in the book, how I really always wanted to be a woman who liked herself. And I think once I started liking myself, dating stopped being something I hated because it felt kind of fun. Like, oh, I, I like who I am and somebody else who's worth it is going to like who I am and I'm going to like who they are too. So then mm -hmm. it becomes more exciting. Yeah. And not everyone's a fit. Like, you know, if, if I go on a first date and they don't, they're not a fit and we don't match, then, then cool. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Welcome to life. I mean, <laughs> you yeah. go to, sometimes you go to job interviews and you're not a fit. Sometimes you uh, get fired from your job and you're not a fit. It's just, yeah. you know, welcome to life. And, but some people take it really personal. I, I suppose they can, that can be a, a thing for them. Hi, folks. Here's Foss here with a little station break. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. We'll resume here in a second. Uh, I'd like to invite you to come to my coaching speaking and training courses website. You can also see our new podcast over there at chrisvossleadershipinstitute.com. Over there, you can find all the different stuff that we do for speaking engagements. If you'd like to hire me, uh, training courses that we offer and coaching for leadership, management, entrepreneurism, uh, podcasting, corporate stuff, uh, with over 35 years of experience in business and running companies as CEO and be sure to check out Chris Voss leadership institute.com now back to the show so what are, it, it, with dating apps you know we hear a lot about what's going on with dating apps uh i i come from the generation where you would go to a club or a bar to meet a woman uh and you would get her phone number and then you would call her up and there's a lot of complaints about dating apps i i mean these guys are making trillions of dollars i think there's pretty much one company that owns most of them and there seems to be a lot of human gamification that companies are doing what what's your what's your thought on dating apps and what's going on with them and and how that impacts the dating world for uh everyone yeah i you know i don't hate dating apps because i think that while i understand the critique of them i do everybody wants to meet somebody at a coffee shop at the bar, at a bookstore, everybody wants that. I think we all have to acknowledge that that's like a universal fact. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is that's become much more difficult, especially in a post-pandemic world. So if you're willing to be patient and you're going to just date in the real world and you are going to you know, find that confidence in yourself to approach that person or leave your number at the table for the waiter and all of those things, amazing. But if you're really, really wanting to set yourself up for success in dating, I do think incorporating dating apps is mm -hmm. helpful. And you don't need to just, just do dating apps. You don't need to go on one app date a week or anything like that. Just kind of having them in your rotation of the way that you're dating and kind of putting your best foot forward. I think a problem a lot of people find on the apps is that they can't find somebody who maybe wants the same things as them. Mm -hmm. And so to that, I say you have to be really upfront about what you want. If you're on the app and you don't want like someone just to hook up with or something casual, like you're looking for something serious, say that. I think a lot of us think it's weird to say I'm looking for something serious and legit. That's not weird. That's never been weird. And I understand because I would always be like, well, will I ward people off by saying I'm looking for something serious? Like you're only going to ward off the people who aren't on the same page as you. I think being really, really upfront with prospects in general just avoids people wasting time. It avoids people getting hurt. 
And I think that's one problem that we do see. People are like, I feel, feel like I've dated through all these apps and like no one's on the same page. And I'm like, we have to just be more clear. And I would be lying if I said like dating apps are my favorite thing ever, but I, I do like them. Like I, I did really like using dating apps when I was single and I liked kind of doing a mix of dating. Like if I had met someone in a class or at the grocery store or something, awesome. But Otherwise, I'm going to do some swiping here or there and just incorporate it into like kind of my dating routine, I guess I would call it. There you go. Uh, do you find that there, there's these uh, studies out that say that men aren't approaching as much? And uh, I don't know if that's true. You, you probably know better than I do because I don't date men. Uh, but they say men aren't approaching as much. Maybe Me Too made them a little bit more skittish about approaching or I don't know. Some, there's, there seems to be a lot of incels and stuff in this uh, Gen Z of young men who uh, I, I don't understand. The first girl says no to them. Uh, they don't want to go out and suddenly they're scarred for life. I'm like, you're going to get a lot of no's from women over life. Uh, you just get used to it. It's fine. It's it's part of the gig. Yeah, I, you know, I definitely think that if those studies are like legitimate and men are approaching women less, mm -hmm. it's likely because of the phone thing and the pandemic. I think like mm -hmm. in a few more years, we'll have more studies about you know, how that impacted us. But I think a lot of people really solely use dating apps now. Mm. Like, I feel like I watch Sex in the City a lot. It's like one of my favorite TV shows. And when you watch that in the 90s, like they are exclusively being approached or approaching. Mm. And that's the only real way to do it. Now, a lot of people go out with their friends and they're not even trying to meet someone. Like that's not what they're doing when they go out with their friends. They're just mm. like trying to have a good time. If they happen to meet someone, Sure, great. That usually indicates more of a casual experience or something casual. Um, and realistically, I think a lot of people think like when I'm dating, it's going on Hinge, going on Bumble, going on Raya or whatever after yeah. on and like using those. And when I'm going out with my friends to the bar, I'm going out with my friends to the bar and I'm trying to have a good time with them. So I think if we looked at it like that, that would be the reason. I also think women are approaching more um, it, women that date men, I think, are gaining in confidence a lot more than in the past. At least mm -hmm. I would say in my circles, like I would totally approach somebody and have no problem doing that. Really? Wow. Yeah, I think I would. And I, I've genuinely like grown in confidence from a place where I was in college, which I write a lot about in the book. But I think, you know, in my circles and the people I talk to, I think we see women kind of coming together and having more conversations and being more open about all of these things and then just growing in confidence. And so there's more of a sort of amiable back and forth where anybody could sort of approach. And I think that's a very Gen Z thing, which is great. Of course, there are the incels online and that's just terrifying. Yeah. Uh, but I would say of most of all, is just like this idea that our my generation and the good ones in my generation are really like getting to a place where we want to encourage that. Like anyone could approach anyone, which I really mm -hmm. like. There you go. In your book, you, you, you talk about stories of, of uh, dating, going in and out of relationships. You know, the, the great thing about stories and life and, and books and stuff is, is we share the, our journeys with each other. And we find that uh, many of us are all on the same sort of journey. And they're like, Oh, you, you, you know, you have a perspective or a paradigm that you look at it from this and uh, that's a better way to do it. And so we've kind of find that we're kind of in that pool of human beings where we're doing the same. Tell us a little bit about stuff you put in the book about going in and out of relationships or trying to find relationships and dealing with loss, et cetera, et cetera. 
Yeah, I, you know, I think the reason that I'm really proud of this book is that, of course, there are stories of people who broke my heart or people who confused or emotionally manipulated or hurt me. But I think there's an equal amount of people whose heart I broke and (laughs) things I did wrong and like places that I fumbled or messed up and like lessons I learned from the way that I treated somebody. And I think that like bridging those two things together and thinking about both of them was really like healing in a way, but also was a very vulnerable sort of exercise because I've had a few relationships that were serious and then I've had like plenty of more casual things and whatnot that I write about. And I think that there's just like a nuanced approach where I try my best to, to be like very, very truthful about like, well, this is a person I led on. And that was really crappy of me that wasn't kind and I did something to someone that had been done to me in the past and then I felt Mm -hmm. it on the other end of like wow it doesn't feel good to hurt someone's feelings it just really doesn't and all you have to do is be a better communicator whatever the lesson is there to not do that again but I think it's a lot of times we read any sort of like advice related books and you know I don't want to call my book a self-help book as much because I think what it really is it's just advice from Mm -hmm. someone figuring it out just with you in the moment. I think a lot of those advice type of books sometimes give us the advice from somebody who really like never did it wrong, but you know, they just like killed it. And they did do it wrong, but they're not sharing that part because it doesn't fit in the story. And for me, the, the point of the story is to show that like, it's okay if you do something wrong. Like you're not evil. You're not a bad mm-hmm. person. You can yeah. you know, learn from those things. So that was really a lovely thing about the book. And something I love a lot about it is sort of reflecting on those relationships. And even the people that did hurt me, maybe there was something that I also did that I would have not done the same way today. So it's definitely been, that's been a really great part about it. There you go. Stories are the owner's manual of life is what I usually say. So when we share our stories, uh, even though sometimes it's, it's hard to open up and talk about them, you know, sometimes we're, we feel like we're exposing more of ourselves than, and, and might be painful or might be embarrassing or shameful. Um, it helps other people. And I, I've always been surprised when I share stuff that people go, Hey, I didn't know that I, you made me realize I didn't get closure with my father's death or some, you know, some sort of thing. And so I think it's great. You share these stories and, uh, uh, what, what do you think about hookup, or not hookup culture, uh, this hot girl summer thing? So I've seen these videos on TikTok about hot girl summers, about girls racking up massive amounts or claiming to rack up massive amounts of body counts. What do you, what do you think about that? So I think it's like less so about just that, but the idea of a hot girl summer can really be like whatever you want it to be. Mm. So I think that like some people's version of hot girl summer is like going on a solo travel expedition all summer and like seeing all these amazing places and like gaining all these adventures. Like for other people, it might be just like finding confidence in their style and like going out and having a good time. And, you know, just like, it's again, another way that women are just like coming together as a community to gain confidence. But I think, and I talk about this in the book, you know, there are so many different ways that society has tried and succeeded to make women feel badly about body count in a way that they don't make anybody else feel badly. Or there's just like a very severe double standard, which I think is sort of common knowledge. And I think that, you know, we've realized and reclaimed in a lot of ways, especially Gen Z, this idea that it's like an entire construct 
like body count or whatever. It's like not really a real thing. Of course, you could have a number of people that you might have slept with, but sex means different things for different people. And also all of the ideas that surround body count and having a high body count are like entirely rooted in really misogynistic things that just directly target women and shame them in a way that it the same does not happen to men at all. So I think that on, on another level, Hot Girl Summer can just be about reclaiming that own confidence for yourself and your sexuality and in the way that you want to approach sex. Because I think that something that I kind of struggled with when I was early in college was just this idea of shame, a lot of shame around, you know, any sort of sexual anything. And I've really gotten to a place where that's not a thing for me anymore. And I really hope to use my voice to just make women feel a little bit more confident about their choices, whatever those choices are, whether they want to wait till marriage because that's their choice or whether they want to have a new partner every week. I think it's just really important to like give people the power to have confidence in their own choices and feel really secure in those. And also just realize that like a lot of times if they are experiencing shame, it's coming from a societal source that maybe is impacting women really largely in a way that it doesn't impact mm -hmm. men. So I think Hot Girl Summer can also just be about like reclaiming confidence and power for yourself. And mm -hmm. now it's turned into all sorts of things. You know, there's lazy girl summer, chill girl summer, party girl summer, all the things. I think it's just the summer of whatever you want it to be, which is really great. There you go. There you go. Finding confidence, finding yourself. You know, I like your perspective at how you look at your past relationships and you're learning from them and you don't seem to be getting toxic from them. I meet people in the dating markets where they're really toxic about their past relationships and failures in them. And I'll tell you know, people say to me, they go, uh, so, you know, do you have any issues with your exes? I'm like, no, I appreciate all my exes that we, we were two people who tried our best they were doing their best. I'm, I'm, I'm probably 50% of whatever the problem was or more, if you know me. Uh, <laughs> I might have been 75 or 100%. But, but you know, you, you just go, hey, man, it's two people in, in a weird place in life. And sometimes you're at different points and you're trying each other on. And there's no reason to be hateful and angry and mean and destructive to people. If it didn't work out, you just go, hey. You know, we tried our best. It didn't work out. And I'm thankful. Like if I met any of my ex-girlfriends, I would be like, hey, thanks. I'm sorry I was probably an asshole, uh, but uh, thanks. Uh, I learned a lot from you, and I hope you found what you were looking for, and, and God bless. And, and I think that's the best perspective people really need to do. They really take dating maybe a little too personally. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think you're 100% right that there is like a level of toxicity around like exes and breakups and everything. Mm -hmm. I think on some level it can be warranted, you know, if somebody like was abusive in any way or made you feel horrible about yourself and maybe that's emotional abuse or manipulation or any of those things like be toxic like that person deserves nothing like i hope they get bad karma <laughs> you know if, if anyone ever hurts someone in a relationship emotionally physically etc like that that's awful but i think on the level of just like when you grow apart from somebody and maybe the breakup is i wouldn't want to call it amiable if somebody's instigating it and the other person doesn't want it to happen but i think like you eventually do realize that it was the right thing mm -hmm. and you once i always say every no makes itself known to you in the future like the reason mm -hmm. for every no will make itself known to you in the future so wow. if, you're, if you're going through a breakup like you're going to feel horrendous for three four five six however many months it takes for you to heal but you're going to get to that other side and maybe you'll meet someone new or you'll just be thriving alone. And you're going to say, oh, my God, I realize now why we had to break up. This makes so much sense. Like that was not 
the correct life path for me this is or it's different but it's better and i think that that's just a realization it takes a lot of people like a very long time to come to and then they will regret maybe their actions in the immediate aftermath of the breakup like whether it's like being toxic online or you know, with their friends or just whatever it is i think that you know there's definitely like uh there's definitely like both sides to it because i think if the person sucked then of course yeah not even toxicity that's just you know telling your truth based on what someone did to you but if it was just sort of like a we grew apart situation i think that you really have to take a step back and remember that the reason will make itself known to you in the future there you go finding what you want sometimes you've got a what's the old uh thing you gotta dig a lot of coal to find diamonds and stuff like yeah. that. so any final thoughts and tease outs on your book you want to give us I'm just very excited. And while, of course, I've been talking a lot about women and girls, I mean, that's who I am and that's my identity. I really think the book can be for anybody who's kind of just wanting to feel found or heard or listened to or wants to have new raw conversations about relationships, whether that's friendship or anything else. And it's really for everybody. I tried to be as inclusive as possible. Obviously, I'm a woman that, woman that dates men, but everybody, I think, could could feel heard and i hope they do so that's something i'm really really looking forward to when it comes out there you go this will be awesome uh hey you know you uh you could do a second book on jar recipes yeah it's like a cookbook. <laughs> there you go a cookbook for making you know, yeah. jars and stuff. be like a whole thing you could make it have you probably thought of this already thinking about making it maybe a business where you can make pre-made jars yeah, no the, the way that 2020 that was like everybody was like you need to have a business and i was like i want to be a writer but maybe one day <laughs> you'll sell jars yeah there you go, jars we'll, of candy. well it's been wonderful to have you on the show thank you very much for coming on Thank you for having me. There you go. Uh, give us a .com, too, as we exit so that people can find you on the interwebs. Yes, it's just theelirallo.com, and you can find everything about me there. There you go. Uh, folks, pre-order the book wherever fine books are sold. Stay with us alleyway bookstores. You might get mugged. Uh, Eli Rallo, uh, I didn't know I needed this. The rules for flirting, feeling, and finding yourself. I'm going to order it up because at 55, I'm still trying to find myself. And wherever he is, I think he's hiding from me somewhere. Uh, anyway, I'll order it up and uh, make sure that you pre-order. Buy a bunch of copies. Jeez, it'll be Christmas. So, you know, you can make those your Christmas presents. And, you know, if you're like me, I know a lot of people need to find themselves. So there you go. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Chess Chris Voss, youtube.com, Chess Chris Voss, linkedin.com, Chess Chris Voss. And we're on TikTok at Chris Voss One. Uh, we have about five followers over there. So there you go. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> that should have us out.